Welcome to the Stare Down Sports Talk and Real Estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd, and Bill. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Staredown. It's our Memorial Day holiday edition. Good to see my friends Bill Risser down in St. Petersburg, Florida, hunkering down on the backside of Tropical Storm Alberto. My friend Todd Meiniger in Cumming, Georgia, celebrating the end of a long holiday weekend. And land in the sun out in Portland, Oregon, our good buddy Shea Brewer, enjoying 72 degrees, no humidity. He's outside. I see blue skies. I see, I see big trees. What's up, boys? Let's start with you, Bill. What's going on in St. Pete? I can't get over Shay's shot because, you know, as we record this episode, we can see all – each of us can see each other. And and all I saw when he opened up the camera was a chair, some pine trees, blue sky. And Shay just settles into the seat with a big mug of beer and just can't stop smiling. So that's awesome. <laughs> but, no, for me, uh, look, we're, we dealt with a lot of rain and wind and, and – and, uh, Fortunately, you know, it could have been worse. So they talked about numbers in the four to five inch range for us. But I really feel for the people up north headed your way, Todd. Mm. But I know that in the Panhandle and in Alabama, up into Georgia, they're talking a chance of 14, 15 inches of rain. It's a big rainmaker with a lot of winds. So that's what's happening down here in the Gulf Coast. Todd, how are you, man? What's going on in upper Atlanta? Oh, man. Um, you forgot to mention that big bright orange hat she's wearing wow that's uh, auburn proud auburn proud yeah. so um god i've learned i've learned do not trust the weather app this weekend um literally had plans to uh do a couple things and pretty much cancel them all decided we were going to hunker down and just you know have a nice uh you know staycation stay in the house and it was so inconsistent um it, it wasn't a washout but the big rain as bill indicated earlier is coming tomorrow. So good, long, nice holiday weekend, recharged, um, ready to hit, hit Tuesday running. You look like you are just going to get ready to get some thunderstorms here in a little bit, Todd, where you're at. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be bad. I think tonight and tomorrow is going to be pretty, uh, a pretty healthy dose of, of rain. But okay. They were predicting Friday night. Um, they have uh, what they call Love Club, which is couples golf. It's nine holes, uh, best ball, um, scramble format. We backed out of that. Of course, the sun was shining <laughs> Friday at 6 <laughs> o'clock, right? Um, Saturday, we were going to go down to Virginia Highlands area. Shay, I'm sure you, you know that uh, area pretty well. And again, we backed out of that. So anyway, we just kind of laughed and said, you know, <laughs> weather unpredictable. Who, who knew, right? That's uh, it's, it's a shock. So yeah, you bet. Shay, as an NBA fan, you had to enjoy the last couple of days. Uh, we, we saw, uh, and we're going to see part two of it tonight, but the first time in what, 40 years that both, uh, conference finals have gone to game sevens. Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy season for NBA. It's it's exciting to see both conference finals go to Game Seven. But just I can think back to this time last year where you're going into free agency and everyone's just on the edge of their seat and they have no idea what's going to happen with this season. But the ups and downs of this season, I think that um it's been a joy to watch. And if you guys are NBA fans, it's it's definitely been a really fun ride up and down, no matter who your team is. Good basketball everywhere. Right, and what's going on out there this weekend? You guys do any? Is Portland known for its holiday activities on a sunny day in May? So yeah, so Portland's uh, Portland's known as the Rose City. They have what they call a Rose City Festival, 
which is a two week long festival and it kicks off Memorial Day weekend. So it's down on the uh, the Willamette. The Willamette River runs through the middle of the city. So they do a big festival and fair and parade and the whole nine down uh, down on the Willamette in the middle of downtown. So that was fun. I was able to go out and enjoy that a little on yesterday. And then I had some friends over and just kind of hung out at the house yesterday. Good. Good. Well, boys, let's talk sports. This is the Sports Talk and Real Estate Show. We talk a little bit of real estate at the end of our show, but let's talk sports. Uh, we're four guys enjoying a uh, cold drink on a holiday. Uh, we're not together, but we are through the powers of, of Zoom and the podcast. Uh, let's talk basketball, guys. We saw, maybe we'll, we'll bring this up at the end of the basketball discussion, but we saw one of the best ever uh, solidify a, a little piece of his chapter in the history of, of basketball uh, LeBron James wills his team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, quick name, four other players that were on the floor at, at the start. Uh, not, and Shea, don't talk. <laughs> uh, you know, Tristan Thompson. <laughs> that's one. <laughs> J.R. Smith, I got two. Kevin Love was out, right? I think, I think it's Jeff Green, not Jeff, Jeff Smith. Green. Jeff Green. <laughs> so let, let's just talk. Shay, let's go to you first. Then I have uh, Todd and Bill give, the, uh, give their – layman's viewpoints but tell tell us about really game six and game seven because game six uh was a was a critical obviously to get to game seven but then people thought well there's no way boston hasn't lost in the playoffs cleveland hasn't even shown up in in the in td trade center whatever it's called now the the garden um yeah lebron james in game seven no one does it like lebron james in game seven if he gets to a game seven he's gonna close um I saw a stat yesterday that said LeBron James is uh, six and two in game sevens. Uh, he lost his first two and he's won his last six straight. <laughs> so if he gets to game seven, he's going to punish you in game seven. Um, what I found yesterday, I mean, other than LeBron's performance and the numbers he put up, I mean, they were absolutely amazing, uh, especially with no Kevin Love there. Uh, you brought up a point, Sean, where you said Boston hasn't lost at home in the playoffs. This is Boston's first loss at home in the playoffs. Ironically enough, this was the only game that Kyrie Irving wasn't on the bench with the Celtics in the playoffs, too. Danny Ainge came out earlier to, today and said that it was uh, he had surgery on a ruptured septum, I want to say, yeah, with his nose. Surgery. Yeah. Nasal surgery. He mm. couldn't fly. But it's just one of those things. He's, he's the emotional leader and especially a former teammate of LeBron and, and playing with the Cavs. You would think that he'd want to be there for game seven. The fact that he wasn't there just kind of stood out in my mind a little. Yeah, and then the guys brought that up kind of at the end of the third quarter, um, and they got people people kind of talking. But what could could have been perhaps one of the most miserable shooting nights you'll see of some of the best basketball players in the world, right? Yeah. So, so we we want to talk about the shooting and the shooting percentages and the averages and go into the numbers there. But what's interesting is the Cavs finally played defense. I mean, they they contested shots and they played defense. the The game itself was an extremely low scoring game. And Boston's, we've talked about on this podcast before, Boston's traditionally the best defensive uh, in defensive efficiency, and Cleveland's near the bottom. But finally they stepped up when when their back was against the wall and they actually defended, and they actually won a game. Go figure. Bill, what did you think of the game? I loved it. I'm not a, a, a huge LeBron fan, I, but I really uh, – I just really appreciate greatness, right? And so it's really fun to watch um, – what he does, what he makes that, what he wills that team to do. But I was, I'm with you, Sean, I, you know, six for 36 at one point, I think from beyond the arc, uh, that's, you know, yeah, amazing. I think they ended six of 37. 
Yeah. And so, but, but Hey, but you live by the sword, die by the sword. We said that for years. Yeah. I don't care who you're talking about basketball. If you see the three pointer is going to be the way you win. We're going to see a lot of that tonight. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, obviously this, the Celtics couldn't score and Shay, you're right. It, it um, in game four and five, there seemed to be a lot of just wide open three point attempts, right. Where there was no one even getting over to the shooter. Right. And, uh, and last night there seemed like there was always someone in the face, someone there, someone uh, trying to make a difference. But just watching um, LeBron either hit a three or LeBron decide to drive or LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Um, and then and to have Jeff Green have the game he did was huge, right? He really made a difference. Uh, had There had to be somebody who could step up. And he had, he, was it 19 or 20 points, right? So yeah. that was big. So, um, and a lot of fun to watch. And to see, you know, that game was still very much in, um, in jeopardy. Or if, you, if you're a Cavs fan, uh, with four minutes to go, it was close. Yeah, but they they had that when they got it to ten with a minute ten to go. You know they they did what they had to do. It was kind of the stereotypical NBA game for a person like me that doesn't really watch during the season. And really, if I turn it on during the season, I wait till the last four or five minutes of the game because if it's going to be a game, it'll be in the last four or five minutes, right? It's, mm-hmm. It could be a twenty point blowout at halftime, and sure enough, there's there's you know a timeout to bring the ball to half court for a game winning shot, but it was, you know, Boston was up big, then Cavs went up big, then Boston kind of nickel and dimed it back. Um, and, and then they got to that point where they just couldn't get that, that last lead when, yeah. when you know, they would have erupted, I, you know, that, that epic moment where Tatum drove on LeBron and dunked it. And yeah. one of the fastest dunks you've ever seen, like he, he took yeah. it up and then just all of a sudden it went through the net. Um, that was that, that got him to within one. And then they, they couldn't, at the other end of the court, they just couldn't stop um, either LeBron. They either put him on the line or they left a wide open Jeff Green in the corner uh, or, or Corver made that one, you know, pick and pop off the top of the key. Uh, Todd, what did you think of, of the game? Once again, you're, you're not a huge NBA fan self-admittedly, uh, but you are kind of really appreciating what LeBron's doing here uh, in 2018. So, uh, yeah, so Sean, um, I predicted uh, the Celtics to win the series. Uh, based on their having the number one defense. Um, if you'd have told me it would go to game seven, uh, how can you not uh, bet on LeBron? It's kind of like, you know, the Patriots in Alabama in football. Um, hey, t- t- hey, now, hey, now, hey, Tiger with a lead, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like prime Tiger lead. So uh, forget about the game. Just LeBron himself. Um, I, 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 I'll argue uh, in, in a lot of MJ comparisons, who's better. 2010, ever since 2010, he's been in the NBA Finals. Think about that. Eight seasons in a row. Um, think about the extra games he's been playing. Um, you know, a lot of teams don't make the playoffs. They're off two extra months to, to get healthy, uh, to rejuvenate. So this guy has been grinding it out till, you know, mid-June for the last eight years. I think um, last night was his 101st game this year. Hasn't, hasn't sat out a game this year. And, and he leads the team in minutes, too. And he's 30 – how old is he, 34? 35. 35. 35. Yeah. yeah. He's leading the team in minutes, which is unheard of. I mean, he's, he's old for a basketball player, right? I mean, they don't go uh, into the late 30s um, very often. Um, and he, he doesn't seem like he's going to slow down. So just incredible, um, his, his performance. Um, you know, MJ had Pippen. I know, you know, LeBron had the big three when he was in Miami. But if you take this team um, – he is just having everyone hop on his back and, 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 and rolling. There's a lot of role players. Um, you know, Pippen was arguably the number two best player in the league when he played with Jordan, right? I mean, defensively he was outstanding, maybe not uh, as much. But, 
I mean, how, how do you compare um, what he's doing this season uh, with the body of work of what he's done since 2010? It's unbelievable. Shay, jump in. I, I just for those of you who didn't watch the game last night, 35 points, 15 rebounds, and nine assists, and he played 48 minutes. <laughs> That's for a 35 year old to do that at such a high level. Um, I read a quote from Jason Tatum, uh, Celtics guard Jason Tatum, and Jason Tatum said that he just he grew up watching LeBron and in the backyard mimicking LeBron moments, and now he gets a chance to compete against LeBron for an opportunity to go to the NBA Finals. That just gives you an idea of how long he's been playing at such a high level. And I, and I don't want to, to to pound it into the ground on on LeBron, but it's just. We are, we're all witnesses, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the commercial that came out a few years ago, we're all witnessing uh, something extremely special. Well, you know, just to be the cynical old man, uh, he didn't. He played 48 minutes, but he didn't run down the court after that one dunk. He stayed at the other end and rested. <laughs> 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 so so let, let, let's hang on for a second. I want to get Shay's opinion on Boston. We know that Hayward went out six minutes into the season. We know Kyrie only played about 60-some percent of the game, including none of the playoffs. Uh, the season, including none of the playoffs. Um, we saw Jason Tatum establish himself as probably one of the top five young guys to watch in this league. Um, and I don't even think he knows what he did, but, you know, he played 29 games at Duke and he just played his 99th game of the year last, last night. Um, what did you see in him, Shay? And how do you see him? What do you see his, uh, his role next year when you get Hayward and, and Kyrie back on the floor. You, you think it opens up his game even more? I, that's, that's a good question, Sean. Um, opens up his game even more, possibly. I think it gives him an opportunity to really hone in, focus on certain areas where without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward, he's kind of being asked to do it all right now. But when those guys yeah. come back, his role becomes a lot more defined. Um, I believe maybe he's the in- same size as Hayward, right? Sorry to interrupt. I believe he's the same uh, size as Hayward, right? So that all of a sudden – puts one of those guys at a two and a three or a three and a four, depending on their setup, right? Yeah, I think you keep Hayward at the two. Uh, I think you keep Hayward at the two, and then Tatum slides in at the three, and then you move Jalen Brown to come off the bench. Um, But another interesting thing with Boston, Boston has a lot of cap space this summer to make a lot of moves. They've got another first-round pick coming up, and they have a lot of cap space to make moves. They could potentially be losing guys like Marcus Smart and Marquise Morris, but – I wouldn't be surprised if Boston added a piece as well. I don't know if it's a big guy or if it's another wing player, but I wouldn't be surprised if Boston added a piece just to kind of shake things up and bring in a little bit more veteran leadership as well. Any chance they get Porzingis? <laughs> I don't think the unicorn wants to leave. My guy, <laughs> Coach Fizz, is in, uh, is in New York now. So okay. I think I wouldn't be surprised, and this is just me, this is just conspiracy theorists that I am and rumors that I've read. I wouldn't be surprised if Boston, as well as New York, we're a candidate to land LeBron this really? offseason just as a dark horse. They have the assets. They have the pieces to move via trade. Um, so it would be a sign and trade situation. But LeBron's a smart guy, and he wants to play in a basketball market. I think that um, – I don't know if Cleveland's the end-all be-all for him. Well, let me say this. Going into the playoffs, I think people were saying it was going to be a Boston-Cleveland finals because the East was so lame. Uh, now we got Boston on the rise. We got Philly on the rise. We got Indianapolis. Let's let's not forget that the Pacers uh, really showed people a lot with Oladipo kind of stepping up his game. Uh, Toronto the trade. Good, right? Toronto is obviously good. Uh, you know, if LeBron stays in the East, um, Washington I think has has potential. M- Milwaukee with with the freak. Uh, 
the East all of a sudden gets some eyeballs. You know, that's you know, don't sleep on the East is what I'm saying. Yeah, it, the NBA, the NBA's found a weird way, kind of like the NFL, and they've created parity. So um, there's not a bad team to watch. There's not a bad ticket. Um, working with the Blazers, there's always a draw. Whether there's a player, whether there's a team, or whether there's a coach, there's always a draw to get you interested in coming to the arena every night. All right, let's talk about let's no, talk about just, the West. Um, we saw a, a game six that was pretty intriguing. The first quarter, if all that's all you watched, you went to bed thinking the Rockets won by fifty. <laughs> um, it, it was, I mean, I have that was as good of a shooting display as what happened in the in the fourth quarter or the third quarter uh, on the other side of the ball. But man, did did well. First of all, let's let's go back to game five because game five was pivotal in that in that they went back to Houston tied after uh, Rockets won game four. At the very end of the game, Chris Paul goes down with an injury on a kind of a weird play because there was a Harden traveled. I mean, in the NBA, he traveled like with seven steps. But then they, they called travel, but then the other ref said, no, it was an inadvertent whistle. Um, so they reset the play, they scored, and then the next play is when Paul got injured on a what was it, an extended hamstring or something like that? Hyperextended hamstring. Um, that's a big loss of Chris Paul heading into game six. So l- let me start there, Bill or Todd or Shay, anyone who wants to jump in on that momentum swing right there at the very end of the game, which was a tightly fought game, which um, came down to who was the kid that shot the, the, the three pointer for, for Golden State to try and win it? a kid that like hardly ever plays and he was wide open for the three and they, they could have been the play. And then, you know, and then the bad pass to Draymond. No, that wasn't a bad pass. Draymond's got to come up with that. Okay. <laughs> that wasn't that bad a pass. <laughs> I don't really think it was. And I think Draymond just, he just, I, mean, he, he, I think uh, like, like an NFL receiver, he was looking yeah. up at the basket before yep. he caught the ball. Right. Yep. 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 Micah Porter. Is that his name? I'm trying to think of the kid that, that shot the three pointer. Um, so, so Paul's had uh, injury problems, right? I'm not, I'm not uh, remembering incorrectly. So um, I think when that happened, it just – you felt a little air come out of, of Houston a little bit. Like, here we go again, right? So I think they definitely miss, missed him in, in game six, obviously. And, Shay, you probably know better than I. I don't think they've announced whether he's playing tonight yet or not. I think um, – He is a game-time decision okay. as of 20 minutes ago. So Yeah, so – I don't know. And so, so if he does play, let me ask you guys this. If he does play, does that change the defensive approach for Golden State? Or does it change no. the offensive approach for Golden State? I, I don't think it changes anything for Golden State. And I don't think it's an if Chris Paul plays. I think Chris Paul plays. Uh, Chris Paul is one of the most fierce competitors in the NBA. Chris Paul's will and his drive, his leadership, he wants it. He really wants this game. He wants the opportunity. It's his first time. Chris Paul's been in the league for 14 years, and this is his first time in the conference finals. This guy wants it so bad. He's never had this chance. He's never been this close. And he understands, just like we talk about LeBron aging, Chris Paul understands that he's aging, and he's not going to have this opportunity many more, cha- many more times after this. And so I think that he's going to give everything he has just to get to the, to get to the NBA finals. The window's closing, right? He, he's, he's, he feels it. Yeah, but he's got to be careful what he feels because hamstrings are dicey and, and scary. If he tries, there's a good chance he's going to not finish the game, right? I mean, that's it's just the way basketball is. We'll see. Well, he's got so, a good backup plan. His bro, uh, twin brother's a State Farm insurance agent, right? So, <laughs> so let, let me uh, let me go around the ho- a horn. Just give me a one word answer. 
uh, and I didn't want you to say Rockets or Warriors. Bill, more pressure on them tonight. Rockets or Warriors? Rockets. Todd? More pressure? Yes. Rock, Rockets. Okay. Warriors. The Warriors have all the pressures here. Sean? Uh, they, yeah. I, I'll, say, I'll say Rockets. Okay. But, Go yeah. ahead, Jay. Let's hear why. The, the Warriors, we talk about the Warriors and, and the Warriors building a dynasty, but the Warriors are arguably the luckiest champion of all time in the NBA. I mean, every ring that they've gotten, they've been fortunate of an injury on the other end, right? Mm. So they've never even faced a game seven with the exception of Oklahoma City when Durant was at Oklahoma City and they were down 3-2. Um, and they went into that. And Shay, I can I can argue I can argue that the ring they lost was bad luck when Draymond got suspended. W- yeah, with the technical in the finals, you're absolutely right. But everyone expected Golden State to be here. No one expected Houston to be here. Houston's hosting the game on their home court, and it's no pressure. It's it's absolutely zero pressure on them. They put together a team to compete with this Warrior squad. And this Warriors team expects to be in the championship year after year after year. They have the big three now, right? So the pressure's on the big three. The pressure's not on a, a Rockets team that may not even have Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think I look at pressure in a different sense. I mean, I, I, my pressure comes from a team that, you know, they've been in three, they've won two of the last three championships. They've got their rings. I know they want more and they're the best. But man, Houston, I mean, they, you know, this is, uh, it's been a long time, right? Mid 90s since they were relevant. <laughs> and so um, I think, I think they, they're going to feel it. They're going to feel it a little bit tonight. Or I think they're going to feel it a lot. We'll see. All right. So let's go around the other direction. Shay, which person, which player has the most pressure on them? Hmm. Kevin Durant. Kevin okay. Durant. They Tom. brought him here to, to close out. It's Kevin Durant. I don't, I don't know if I can come up with a better answer than that. Uh, I think, she, I think she hit it. I agree too, especially on his last three game performances. Right, it's Durant. <laughs> yeah, I, I I lean Durant or Harden. I mean, Harden just coming off such a bad shooting game in Game Five. Uh, they still somehow won the game, and once again, that's all that matters, right? But then um, it's going to be really interesting. And then obviously, Eric Gordon. Uh, I think if Paul doesn't go, yeah. uh, Eric Gordon's got to have a great game on both ends of the floor. Um, you know. Well, when those Splash Brothers get going on, on shooting, uh, Shay, you've seen it up close. I'm sure you've been on the floor, you know, during games when they when they've come to the to uh, Moda Center. Um, it just seems like that the rim gets this big, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's unbelievable how they and they, and the constant movement uh, and the way that those guys can shoot it so quick off off screens. Um, it's, it's the quickest. Just, it's the quickest release you've ever seen, right? From three point range, Shay. I mean, it's oh, it's unbelievable with Thompson and and, uh, and Curry. It's how it's. They're catching the ball in the air while they're turning. It's just the weirdest thing. I mean, it's it's, it's amazing. It's it's endless range too. They, yeah. they'll pull from anywhere, right? <laughs> anywhere. Right. Yeah, when they're on when they're on fire, yeah, they'll be they'll be four steps beyond the line throwing them up, right? Another interesting well, note on tonight as well. Um, no, Andre Iguodala. Mm. The, oh, he's uh, out yeah, for sure. Yeah, Andre Iguodala. Yeah. What is his injury that's that's holding him out so long? Uh, bone bruise is what it's classified as. Mm. Okay. Where? Leg? Yeah, I want to say it's around that knee area, that knee uh, tibula area, fibula area in there, front part of the leg. So this is the the part of the show where we record it before the, the game happens, and we listen to the show tomorrow <laughs> or later in the week, and one of us sounds smart or one of us sounds like an idiot. Bill, uh, <laughs> make your predictions. Who Who faces the Cavaliers in the NBA championship series starting next week? 
Well, I had Cavs Warriors the whole way. That was mm-hmm. my uh, my my go. So I got half of it. So I'm I'm sticking with the Warriors. Okay, Todd. Uh, Warriors beat the Cavs in six games. I'm calling my shot now. Oh, oh okay. Wow. So, so you're saying so, so? That means Warriors win tonight. Yeah. <laughs> See how that works, Bill? Is, is yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Shay. Uh, I'll be the contrarian. I'll go Rockets. Rockets. I'll go Rockets win tonight, and uh, I'll go Rockets sweep the Cavs in the finals. Ooh, Ooh that Ooh. bad. I know you were you were talking some trash on the text line last night about. Uh, <laughs> The East doesn't stand a chance, no matter who came out of there, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that's, you know, it'd be interesting if the Warriors win. And I'll, I'm going to go for the record the Warriors win tonight uh, in a in a uh, double-digit win, um, assuming Paul doesn't play. Um, here's the thing. We just talked about the greatest, one of the greatest players in the game, right? Arguably the greatest right now in the game, LeBron. The Warriors have some of the best players as well. Does a fourth back-to-back-to-back-to-back – championship series draw anybody to to watch it other than the true nba fans does lebron because he's greatness or do people say been there done that seen it i'll see the replays uh it'd be really interesting to see if a fourth time the 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 ratings are there um, with so many other things going on a great stanley cup uh matchup at least could be um you know you got baseball season heating up you got college world series which i know is not a huge draw all these things happening. What, what what are your thoughts on if if we see a fourth rematch? I'll jump in, Sean. I okay. think people are come to terms if they uh, didn't already know that uh, we're witnessing greatness, right, in LeBron. So I think it's gonna it's gonna draw attention. Yeah, I gotta I, like I don't think it's gonna hurt the fact that they've met four times. I mean, it's it's the greatest player playing today against the greatest team playing today, and that's pretty compelling television. So I think they'll be there. The ratings will be there. And Shay, you think Houston's going to win tonight anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what we're talking about. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm right, looking look at it's 733. The game's in about an hour. This report says Rocket Star Paul out for game seven. So, ooh. Uh, okay. That could be a, could be a Clint Frazier, Clyde Frazier, yeah. right? Uh, Sean, Lynn, you want to guess the spread? Uh, three. Five and a half. Five and a half. By and Warriors, Golden State. Yeah. Wow, Golden really? State. What, what's the over-under? Uh, a 208. Million. Oh, okay. 208. <laughs> okay. Last night, the under sure hit. Woo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Last night, yeah. the under was, I think, a guarantee to hit. Um, okay, so so five and a half. Yeah, five and a half. We'll see. Um, let's talk hockey, guys. Uh, the, the greatest um, playoff – Championship, arguably, I think the hardest to win is the Stanley Cup. Um, not that the NBA is any easier, but these guys are on ice, as Todd always says. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on on a, a series start, oh, dropping puck in in Las Vegas in a, in about a dropping puck in about forty five minutes? Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it'll be. A, I'm sure it'll be a spectacle. Uh, Vegas does spectacles like nobody else, um, but you're going to see the Washington Capitals and the in the the gray one. Ovechkin going the, up against a actually the Chris team. the Chris Paul of the NHL. Yeah, right? you're right. His first his first cup and ever in like 14 years. So, yep. Um, Everybody's healthy as far as I know. I mean, no one's uh, you know, and obviously the the rest for both teams I'm sure helped. Even though uh, Las Vegas has been off now for a week, so the kind of the question of does that 
cause any rust? Do they come out and score a quick goal and get the crowd in it early? Uh, what happens in that series? Uh, what are you looking forward to about this one, Bill? Wow. I mean, you know, it's such a – I've watched a, and read a lot of um, old-time hockey guys and announcers and play-by-play guys and coaches talk about this, this uh, what's happened here with, gold, with the Golden Knights, right, of Vegas, and the fact that it's uh, – they all say the same thing. They're, they're excited for them, but this should never have happened. That's kind of the theme of everybody who's an old-timer in the game. This is very exciting for the game, but this should have never happened. How does this happen? How do they have 12 playoff wins when most expansion hockey teams couldn't get 12 regular season wins, right? <laughs> so, um, but, but, you know, the, the, uh, you got to uh, hats off to, the, to the, uh, the, the front office of the Knights for the way they put everything together, for the way they built this team, for instilling this it's us against the world mentality. Like, you're a bunch of losers that nobody wanted to keep. And so we can come together as a team and look, you talk about it in college all the time, right? Where a, a team, the, the whole us against the world mentality of a team can really do some crazy good stuff. Appalachian state can beat Michigan and, you know, UCF can beat <laughs> who'd they beat Georgia <laughs> or Auburn. You guys are killing me. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, it's what happens when a team becomes a team. Right. And we think about it in the pros they're, they're, they're jaded. No, they're millionaires. They can't do this because these are kids, and it's a coach like Saban or whoever built them up. I think that's what happened with the Golden Knights. And, and uh, um, having said all of that, I hope the Caps whoop the crap out of the Golden Knights. I hope the Golden Knights get their comeuppance right now in this series, and they have a great year. They can enjoy it. They can try and get back again. They'll get their one pay. But let's let let's let let's let um, I don't know how to say that. Let, let the grumpy old people. Um, have their way and let a, a hockey team who's, who's gr- grinded away for years and years and years hoist the cup and not, not a team in Vegas that's been there for, you know, less than a year. So that's my take. Todd, you've you become a – I love following your, your texts on, during hockey because you're so – you're such a, a – <laughs> you, 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 uh, you, you seem like Garth and uh, Wayne. We're not worthy. We're not, every time you watch hockey, you're, like, so amazed at the, at the plays these guys make. But – as is everybody who's a fan. Uh, what's your take on the, on the Stanley Cup? So my take is, um, I agree, Sean. I cannot get enough of how talented these guys are. It's just boggles my mind. Um, I, can't, I can't roller skate, let alone ice skate, right? So it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Uh, so, so anyway, um, I think a lot of momentum kind of uh, – uh, we lost a little momentum with this, what, four, five, six-day break they've had. So – um, I'm actually looking forward to to dropping the puck tonight and getting back into it. Um, and Bill, I, I hate to say it, but my my dad, my daddy taught me life's not fair, right? So yeah. um, Vegas just might win, um, even though they've only been around a year. So Shay, do you have any interest in it? Do you, do you yeah, I do. Man. As a sports I, fan, yeah. I've got I've got Vegas flu. I uh, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see what VGK is doing, what the Golden Knights are doing. And um, we talk about pressure. Who has the pressure going into this series, right? Vegas is at home. Um, you talk about Alex Ovechkin, the great eight, and it's been so – he's never been there. Like, who really has the pressure? Vegas is, isn't supposed to be there. Aren't they kind of playing with house money? Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I see what you did there, house money. 100%. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, I think – and then you're going to talk about pressure in this series. It's all on the caps. Absolutely. And Vegas yeah. is – this is the definition of playing with house money. They're just, yeah. uh, and they're going to be freewheeling. They're going to be, I, don't, I think they're virtually pressure free. 
Let me let me just throw out a, something that, that one of our esteemed co-hosts here, Tom Meininger, said uh, about 16 months ago after the, the Super Bowl. And as, as distraught mm. as he was at the Falcons, you know, he said, you, you only get one chance possibly to make it to the to the Super Bowl. And, you know, this – look, Vegas, I, I guarantee all the fans are like, this is easy. This yeah. is what happens, you know, yeah. and they get that cocky attitude. Um, they may not be, be back in the Stanley Cup playoffs – next year or in, in our know, lifetime in the rest in our of our lifetime mm-hmm. it, it could it, it could happen that way you know there's, there's yep. teams that we've seen uh that haven't got, been past you know the, the the playoffs or first rounds even so it's it's gonna be look there's there is no better game sevens are great game sevens in baseball game sevens in basketball but something about the hockey where every odd man rush makes you lean forward in your couch right i mean todd i can't tell you how many times you were texting back and forth in that in that uh lightning series you know every time a puck hits the hits the hits the pipes you know you hear it you know and you feel it as a fan um and the and the crowd standing up and sitting down it's just there's nothing better than when they show the shot from the other end of the ice when the goal goes in and you see the whole the the whole crowd rise up um it's so cool and you know we're not even game one yet and I'm rooting for game seven, but I'm rooting for game seven, you know, because it just, it's just, can you imagine Vegas in game seven? I mean, that, that, that town will be on tilt. Um, wow. Could, could be crazy. So, and by the way, I, I got to say this because I have to, I have to do a little CYA action. You, you know, who owns the golden Knights. I've mentioned this many times on the stairs. Oh, I, I heard you suddenly say how good their front office was earlier, Bill. Yeah. So. <laughs> Bill Foley, the, the, the CEO, the owner of the golden Knights, The mastermind behind it. Is the guy who who started, started the company I work for and signs my check. Yeah, and I'm sitting here telling you the Caps are going to win. So I'm hoping I'm employed next uh, next week on the stare down. So we'll find out. <laughs> Mr. Foley, if you listen, first of all, thanks for listening. We appreciate your support. Uh, second of all, if you're listening, join us on the show. <laughs> hey, Sean, Sean, by the way, the Falcons uh, reference, still, it's too, too, still too early. Still too early? <laughs> yeah, not ready for it. Yeah. Look, look, I go back to the 94 Super Bowl. And now that was Jerry Rice and Steve <laughs> Young destroying the Chargers. So it's still too early to talk Chargers. about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, let's let's talk about that because you know, we're we're talking about eras and we're talking about time frames. Let's go back to the uh, the argument of of is LeBron the greatest basketball player ever? Mm-hmm. Um because Todd, you kind of alluded to this in a in an off offline tweet. I think the argument happens because generations want to hang on to their guy as the best. And I think Bill Russell, you know, the Bill Russell people are either just too old to fight or they're just tired of arguing that Bill Russell was the greatest, right? But, but now the Jordan people are kind of tired of arguing. The, the, the Kobe people and the Shaq people kind of are like, we weren't really ever in the greatest. We're in the top five, but we're not really in the greatest. And now we got LeBron, and, and it's interesting to think. It's going to happen, guys. Trust me, it's going to happen. There's probably a four or five or six-year-old right now who will be the next generation's LeBron. And people will be saying like, oh, he's not even close to LeBron. And people, the Jordan people will say, you guys don't even understand how good Jordan was. So let's just talk this out. Can you define the greatest when they didn't play in the same eras? Or is that a, is it, is it a, is it a straw man argument? I think it's really tough, Sean. Um, I think it's really tough, but it's also kind of a fun argument to have. Right. But I mean, the, the 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 training the conditioning the the what they put in their bodies uh, food wise uh, 
possibly steroid wise. Um, it's different from era to era. So, I mean, you could the Bill Russell supporters, he played 13 seasons and won 11 championships. I mean, that's just unreal, right? Um, right. Jordan was Jordan. If he never, if he didn't have his two, three year hiatus, you know, who, who knows? He may have uh, done what LeBron's doing now. So, um, may, may have. I think it's, wait, I think wait, it's, wait. it's a fun may, argument. Here comes, a, here comes an MJ guy. May have? <laughs> I, I mean, there's, hey, I don't there's, think no, there's no guarantee. It's a guarantee that they win eight straight. You know, yeah, it's all, uh, it's all, it's all about, you know, who, who would, who would have beat them? Who was out there? I don't think there's anyone floating around. So, so I think that, uh, yeah, sitting out those two seasons definitely puts a mark on MJ, but I think, uh, you, it's, a let's go, let's go, let's go to the only guy on the panel. Who's got a graduating class. that's in the two thousands. Um, that's, that's probably high school and college for Shay. The, the old guys have their say. Let's see what Shay has to say. So, so Shay, did you ever see Jordan play? Were you, were you, how old were you when Jordan was? It? I did. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge North Carolina basketball fan. Mm. Um, okay. My father went to North Carolina, so I just kind of grew up watching Michael Jordan. I mean, th- that the entire era. I mean, I take it back beyond Jordan. I was a big James Worthy fan even beyond that. So um, uh, I was actually – the last All-Star game that uh, – the last All-Star game that Michael Jordan was in was in Atlanta. I was at that All-Star game too. So, yeah, I've seen Jordan play. Um, I am a Jordan – I'm a Jordan fan, and I respect what Michael Jordan did for the game. Two completely different eras, though. Two completely different eras. It's difficult to compare the Michael Jordan era to the LeBron era to the the Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain era. Um, what Michael Jordan did was awesome, respected completely. Jordan rules completely changed the game. But I think what LeBron doing, what LeBron's doing right now is a little more special. And I'm a Kobe guy. By all means, I love Kobe Bryant. I think Kobe Bryant, I'll take Kobe Bryant over LeBron right now. But if you look at the numbers, you look at the impact that he's had on the game, um, LeBron's off the charts for me. I don't think I don't I don't think I can put Jordan on the same same plane. It's an argument built around sports, right? I mean, if you look at if you look at golf, for instance, Bill, where oh. you know, you, you have your your Arnold, then you had your Jack. Yeah. And then really Watson, but really Watson wasn't like that that killer, and then he went to Tiger. You know, yeah. and, and so it seems like there's always that one or two guys, right? There's Gretzky and then there was, you know, Lemieux yeah. and then there's Crosby and, you know, uh, and in, in the sports, there's always, you know, football is kind of weird because there's not that one, you know, people would say Joe Montana, but then they could argue Steve Young and, you know, it, it's just not the same. Tom Brady, <laughs> right? But, but Tom Brady now, right? And, and, you know, can the Johnny Unitas people speak up, you know, and say like, Oh, you know, Brady has all these rules for him and yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. You didn't see why yeah. tittle back in the day. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> <Right>. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it is funny how, you know, once again, the kids that, that only know LeBron, yeah. Yeah. they really weren't the same way for Todd and I, you know, we didn't know Wilt, you yeah. know, we didn't know, uh, you know, Bill Russell, you know, right. even though when we were born in the, you know, late sixties, early seventies, that's when, you know, they were in their prime. You know, and look, so like this is the reason this we're talking about right here. This little part of the stare down. This is why there are 1.7 million podcasts about sports <laughs> because sure. this is the fun stuff to do. This is what this is, and, and that's why there's lots of beer sold talking about sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's it's, how it's, Shay and I met. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, it's funny. I, I my son's only 25. Kevin's 25, but I made sure I took him to a Jordan game and a Gretzky game up in L.A. from nice. San Diego. Yeah, so he got to see them both play. 
at the end of their careers, but he did. And he was uh, six Very years cool. old. Yeah. So, but it, 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 uh, I just felt like I had to make sure he saw those two guys play, you know? That's awesome. Back to the Jordan debate and then the Jordan versus LeBron debate. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but you talked earlier about Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen is arguably a top 10 defensive player at all time in the NBA. Hmm. And that was Michael Jordan's sidekick. So Michael Jordan has the luxury of playing with an elite defender, Hall of Fame defender. And Michael Jordan always surrounded himself by one, if not two, of the best shooters in the league at all times, whether it was Steve Kerr, Craig Hodges. Like, it was always a shooter around him. And then he arguably played for the best coach of all time as well, right? In Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. And Horace Grant was arguably the best power forward in the league. Um, when he was playing with Jordan, right? Well, so and then he, you know, and he surrounded himself with, you know, but LeBron had Dwayne Wade and Ray Allen. Uh, now, granted, that you can't, you know, nobody on the team this year, nobody on the team this year. But, but Kyrie, clearly, you're seeing the value of, of Kyrie last year. Got to rest LeBron, you know. But I agree with you. I mean, that when you compare casts, cast of characters, uh, Jordan for sure had a better cast of characters than LeBron has had through his career. And that's part of that right? continuity, part of that continuity of being committed to the Bulls and being committed to that. You know, you talk about, it's the original, it's the first process, Shay. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's a question. Process can can you guys keep, keep that team can together? You, can you name any players that played on LeBron's first NBA championship uh, team, or NBA championship oh, uh, appearance when he, when he lost to the when he lost to the Spurs, think about that. Like no one on that team jumps to mind as, you know, someone that stood out as LeBron was a fresh, uh, not a freshman rookie. LeBron, you know, was a, he didn't make it his rookie year to the, to the NBA finals, but he made it, I think his second year, right? Jay? It was his second year. He made the conference finals his first year. The second year he made the NBA finals. I'm still blown away that um, Shea said Phil Jackson is a better coach than Tyron Lue. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Todd, 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 you may want to, you want to, you may want to fact check me on this. I believe Tyron Lue was on LeBron's team the first year he went to the finals. He was also a Laker uh, Phil, when Phil Jackson was coach. Isn't that yeah. Where Tyron Lue go to college? Fact check. I, I can Anybody? look. It up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let, let's hit a couple other sports guys before we get off to Game Seven and Game One of the NHL Stanley Cup. Uh, shout out to our boys from. Yale, Eli, Eli, Eli. Yale wins their national championship in lacrosse today, beating Duke. Uh, it's the first, first uh, championship for Yale in lacrosse ever. Uh, pretty impressive for the, uh, for the uh, Ivy League team to, to win a national championship. Uh, College World Series, Todd, our Gators get the number one seed, even though they kind of skidded to the finish at the end of the season. Uh, did not make the finals in the SEC championship. Um, but they do get the number one seed uh, thanks to their pitching staff and their defending national championship status. Um, kind of was re- number one team throughout the season. Um, so that, that kicks off. They, uh, the game start on Thursday and Friday around the country for the uh, regionals, and then they go to super regionals and then make it to Omaha. Um, Lady Gators, how about that game? Did you guys happen to see that? That finish, uh, that thrilling finish. Um, Bill or Shay, did you guys happen to see the Gators, Lady Gators, Game three of the softball. So they're playing against Texas A&M. They're playing the the Super Regional. It's in Gainesville. Uh, So Florida's the home team in games one and three. Uh, Game one, interesting fact, in each game, the team that had a 2-0 lead did not end the game with a 2-0 lead. 
Um, they Florida was or Texas A&M was up two nothing in the first game. Uh, Florida comes back and walks in the winning winning run. They walk three players in the bottom of the seventh for the Gators to win five four. Uh, in game two, Florida had a two nothing lead and A&M comes back and wins it five to four. And in game three, Florida's got a two nothing lead becomes a two one lead. Uh, they go up and they get bases loaded for A&M in the sixth inning with no outs. Somehow the Gators only get give up one run, but it's tied. They go to the top of the seventh, Texas A&M's last chance. Uh, I'm sorry, they're down two to one. And they hit a bomb, a two-run homer to just deaden the crowd. Tom, were you watching it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, only- that, the girl, the first baseman for Texas A&M bombs that one over the center field fence, and it's just the, the crowd goes numb. You know, thinking like, oh, my gosh, this team that was been ranked number one in the country for the whole season pretty much. Uh, and somehow we we chip back. We get a couple base runners on via walk. Uh, and then the freshman comes up and hits a three-run walk-off home run with two mm. two strikes. To, to, to So we give up a two-run homer in the top of the seventh, and we hit a three-run bomb in the bottom of the seventh to send our girls to Omaha. Um, in Omaha, you have four Pac-12 teams. So, Shay, your team from Oregon representing – uh, the Lady Lady Ducks uh, are going to be battling ASU uh, in in first round. Uh, Washington uh, is also in, and UCLA is in. All right, yes, Arizona State, Bill. Uh, two SEC teams they play each other: UF uh, and the Lady Gator or the Lady Bulldogs. So we have the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, Omaha version. Um, one ACC team, Florida State, and one Big Twelve team, Oklahoma, who is by the by the way the two-time defending champions. Um, so pretty good roster of teams in Omaha for the Women's College World Series. Um, and let's jump over to baseball really quick. As I always do, I like to recap who's leading the divisions. Boston, Cleveland, Houston in the American League. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. A- Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You hear that, Todd? Atlanta, you guys are playing good. <laughs> they're, they're playing good. Really, they're playing good. And they're getting some good crowds, it looks like, the games. Um, up there at the new stadium. Uh, Milwaukee. Uh, four and a half game lead in the Central and Colorado. Uh, boy, that that NL West bill. I know you keep your eye on the NL West, but they've been each of those teams have sort of had a had a chance at the top, except for the Dodgers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, out west. A lot of fun. Anything bill, you're seeing in the ba- in baseball? The Braves with another walk off today. Yep. <laughs> but um, and, and, uh, something to keep your eye on. Um, what did they? What did they diagnose the Acuna injury? Yeah, did you see that? That was that was gnarly. That was really bad. How bad um, is it? Uh, he's only on the ten day DL. Wow. So they say strained wow. uh, tr- strained ACL. Um, classic over hyperextended his knee, legging out a, a grounder. Um, but it looked really really bad. I wanted to bring something up. You you were talking about college softball there, Sean. Um, Shay, there's a great story in ESPN magazine this week. Um, about Clint Myers, who was the head softball coach at Auburn, who was let go or left last year, right, beginning of the season. And, um, and the, uh, he was an ASU guy, won two national championships with ASU. And his, uh, it was a, an issue with his two sons and the way they ran the team. And there was a girl on the team with a relation. It was just an incredible story because you talk about a guy who's the, the consummate coach, right, uh, and just the, how it, they talk about the family being the team everyone's a family but it's also about his family it's a very interesting read so maybe go online and check that out yeah i'll definitely look into yeah. that one yeah uh todd i want to go to you i i don't watch a lot of soccer you do 
Uh, we had a relegation and a final move up. I'm not sure what the move up's called. The promotion. promotion yeah. Um, but I saw one of the coolest goals I've seen in a long time, and that was that. It's not Christian Bale, uh, but Gareth Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale with a man bun. Um, yeah. The crossing, uh, bicycle kick, um, unbelievable goal, right? Uh, why don't you talk about any of those things I just talked about? Relegation, the the promotion, or that 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 was in the UCL, right? The something Champions League. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the Champions League, UEFA Champions League. So, okay. um, wow, we're, we're, I could uh, I could go for an hour. So in the um, in the promotion game, Fulham Football Club beats uh, Ashton Villa one nothing. So Fulham, Cardiff City, and Wolverhampton are being promoted while Stoke City, West Brom, and Cardiff City are being relegated. So that's the, that's the story there. Big money uh, to be promoted. They, they, they uh, project $15 million in, um, in boost to the club just, just for going to play the Champions League next year. So big stuff. Um, so the Champions League game, so many interesting uh, storylines. Um, watched pretty much all of it. But uh, Mo Salah for Liverpool, uh, he got uh, injured in the 30th minute. That's the Egyptian, yeah. Egyptian guy, right? Yes, and basically they're saying it was a dirty play. Um, the guy pulled him down. He landed on his shoulder. Uh, he tried to get, make a go of it but couldn't. Um, I think it was just a hard play. I don't think there's intent to injure, but um, people are going nuts about that. Uh, he, he won the golden boot, uh, the leading scorer in the league, and he was out, so pretty much a non-factor. The bicycle kick was obviously highlight, but the bigger story, is, as far as I'm concerned, is the goalkeeper for Liverpool. <laughs> he whiffed uh, on that one, right? So uh, I think it's Karius or Karius. I'm, I'm not very good with last names. But this guy, think of this. Think about this. This is the ultimate stage. I mean, you're playing for the championship of Europe. And in the last 32 games, he's made two mistakes, right? Two soft goals, mistakes. He made two in this final, and they were both just horrendous. Um, the first one, he was rolling the ball out to his yeah. defender after the guy saved. He didn't see the guy standing right there, and the guy just sticks his foot out, and it goes to the back of the net. And then um, just letting the ball go right through his hands. I mean, I, he will not be with Liverpool next year is my prediction. It's, it's sad, uh, but he made two huge mistakes. A true relegation. Taking. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Don't laugh. That happens in Brazil. I know, right? Uh, Col- no, Colombia. Colombia. Oh, <laughs> Medellin cartel. Um, so, and, and I think I retweeted. I'm a, I'm a bad retweeter. I, way, I retweet way too much. But uh, Jurgen Klopp, the coach, is uh, out the next day partying, drinking beers with the Liverpool fans. It's pretty cool how uh, he was just – they were singing songs, and he was basically just saying, hey, we're going to come back. Um, but, yeah, pretty devastating blow. But – Again, lost all that, you're right, is the bicycle kick by uh, Gareth Bale. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. It was uh, interesting. Now, MLS, how, how's the uh, Atlanta team doing? So they're doing well. I think they're leading the East. Um, but if you'll notice, uh, their international break for the World Cup. Um, the World Cup starts June 14th, so there will be no MLS games um, until late July. So um, the World Cup lasts a month and uh they'll they'll be um on hiatus for a little while really quick we forgot to hit golf bill uh in the fort worth classic which is the new name for the colonial uh played at colonial country club but it's called the fort worth classic um justin rose put on a show um bogey the last hole to avoid the uh the um 
course record, but uh, just, you know, him and Bruce Kep- or Brooks Kepka in the final round, Kepka shoots four under on the front nine is down a stroke uh, with, with Rose going five under on the front. Yeah. Um, pretty impressive uh, event there. Uh, the, the tour comes to my backyard. They're going to be in Muirfield Village uh, this week at the Memorial Jacks Tournament. Huge, great, great, um, great uh, field. Let me just tell you some of these pairings in the first two rounds, Bill. Listen to these. Jason Day, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy. Hmm. Jordan Spieth, Bubba Watson, Phil Mickelson. Tiger, Justin Rose, and Jason Duffner. Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, Ricky Fowler. Just a few of the wow. pretty good matchups. And then what's in the, the, what's uh, the weather, what's the weather like? Weather, weather, we always get rain. We always get thunderstorms, and so I'm sure we're going to get some of the remnants of Alberto. Yeah, um, it's always yeah. one of the biggest downfalls of our tournament, where it sits in the schedules. Right when we get a lot of our our you know spring summer thunderstorms, um, but if it's a it, you know the players love it because because the course sets them up for the U.S. Open. It's it's right. fast greens and it's it's thick rough. It's deep bunkers. Um, should be, should be a lot of fun. Um, Ryan and Riley are going to go out for the practice round. Uh, the pro-am is featuring featured group is Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning. Uh, playing nice. Ice. So <laughs> yeah, should, should be pretty cool. So keep your eyes on that and uh, we'll recap that next week, but, uh, let's go around the horn guys. We got games kicking off here in a couple minutes. Um, Shay, tell, tell us what you got coming up this week. What's going on in Portland in the, heading into the first week of June. Um, sh- business as usual this week. Um, excited that the uh the nba finals will be kicking off and get to watch some good sports and hopefully keep enjoying some good weather out here shay what else do you do besides work at the uh at the moda center so i do uh i do business development for a staffing agency here uh, mostly it work there um just going out and just securing clients there and finding some good people some work so. good good todd what's going on with you man what's going on coming uh, rain. It's the, the Alberta's starting to hit right now. It's coming down pretty good. So, um, just rejuvenated after a great, long, slow holiday weekend. Um, the result of not doing much, uh, it, it's, it seemed to actually last a, a solid three days. So, um, grateful for that. And, uh, some of the Shea business as usual, and I'll be heading down to South Georgia. So, um, midweek. Um, so look, looking to, uh, close some sales. You guys are experiencing an Alberto Clipper down there, huh? <laughs> see what i did there a little weather a little weather joke <laughs> i like it i like it bill what's going on with you man tell me who's on the real estate sessions this week and tell me what's going on in your world uh, this week on the real estate sessions i i think it might be my very first full-time you know commercial broker sean he is the uh, number one uh cobalt banker commercial regional in the region for the last 12 years Wow. Yeah, John Skasevich, uh, really interesting talk. We get to, he's been in the area from Chicago since 1971. And so he knows everything about what's happening in development of the Bay. And it's a, it's a fun conversation. But I, um, I wanted to point out really fast, we, we skipped over the French Open. And if I don't, oh, that's right. Yes. I'm be in a lot of trouble. So uh, we saw Venus get bounced, which Venus bounced, yeah. she's, I, you heard my reply on t- Twitter. She's old. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, she, the fun thing is how far will Serena get? I, t- I told my wife. Un- unseated Serena, right? Yeah, I told my wife she makes it to the semis. We'll see. Um, because she's just so talented. She's just, uh, she's amazing. So, uh, but the other thing is real quick, you'll love this story, Sean. If you look him up, um, his name is Marco Trungaliti. Marco is out of Argentina and he, he failed in the qualifying for the French Open. It didn't work out. He failed. So he goes to Barcelona, Spain, where his family flies in from Argentina. They're on vacation. They're having a little holiday. He gets a call that says, guess what? Nick Kyrgios had to withdraw and he can't play his match. 
the first alternate in took a, took a tournament in Vicenza. He, he can't play. It's you. If you can be here tomorrow morning, mm. <laughs> he, his family had rented a car. They all pile into a car and they drive the 650 miles from Barcelona to Paris. He gets in at midnight that night, gets up at five o'clock in the morning to get ready for the match and wins his first round match. That's awesome. $93,000 us. And he was ready to keep going. So it's a great story. He, he chronicled the trip. They were stopping at gas stations and getting sandwiches for food the whole way up. And he's got his grandma and his mom and his little brother packed into a car. It's just a, it's, that's it's, cool. it's what sports is all about, right? Just those kind of little stories. So yeah, anyway, that's, that's what's happening here. Good. Awesome. Good. Hey, Sean, uh, Tyron Lou, Tyron Lou went to the university of Nebraska. So that's just, Oh, wow. we all do that. Yes. Cornhuskers are a dominant team in basketball. Dominant basketball yes. team. Yeah. Yes. Good, good research there from the uh, sports boy. Um, <laughs> uh, for me guys, it's a, uh, it's a week of, let's see, I got a listing appointment tomorrow. I got a lot of just a lot of showings and just uh, some details some negotiating some contracts. And so good old real estate one hundred and one. Uh, this week, uh, while while having the memorial tournament in our backyard, so nice um, should be should be a good week to ride the the fence on focus on on work and 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 get to play a little bit. So, all right, guys, been a good week. We got some good games to watch. We're going to start off the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll know in a little bit who's up one game, and we're going to know who's playing the Cavs in the nba championship which kicks off i believe on thursday thursday yeah of of next week so uh on behalf of shay out in portland sunny portland on behalf of bill and windy uh st pete and on behalf of todd in rain is coming georgia that was pretty good the way i just did that i'm sean carpenter in hotter than hell columbus ohio thanks for listening to the stare down